You're listening to Whose Voices, a podcast from Whose Knowledge. Hi, my name is Jake, and I am here with Subashish at Decolonizing the Internet's Languages Conference. Uh, Suba, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how that brought you to this conference? Sure, Jake. My name is Subashish. I'm a documentary filmmaker. And in the past, I've worked with uh, several um, organizations like Wikimedia Foundation and uh, Mozilla and the Internet Society and the Center for Internet and Society in Bangalore, India, um, as, uh, as part of the community development programs for the respective communities. So I've, I've mostly worked as a community manager and supporting the volunteer communities to grow and also provide them different kind of resources so that they could do the things that they do to contribute to the open internet. What brings me here, I think I've been quite active recently, at least in the last four or five years, and I've been working towards contributing to several indigenous languages from South Asia but also from other parts of the world. And uh, my primary goal uh, sort of has been to help the communities uh, develop their own independent media and, uh, and the process that leads towards that. So developing technical resources, educational resources so that people can learn how to create media content that would be relevant to their communities and yeah, so I think this conference brings people that are experts in different fields. So there is a lot for me to learn, and and I think I, I'd be able to contribute as well to the whole discussion that's, that are going on here. Thanks for introducing yourself. So for the languages that, that you speak and contribute to and the languages of the community that you're supporting, how are you and they using those languages online now? So it really varies from language to language. Some languages, uh, and it's, it's a broad range of expertise that the communities have themselves. For instance, I've worked with communities that don't have any presence whatsoever online when it comes to their linguistic resources. And then there are communities that have Wikipedias of their own. Santali, for example, is a language originally from India, but the diaspora is spread across India, Bangladesh, and Nepal. And uh, they have a Wikipedia of their own. The Santali Wikipedia came to existence last year, around August, I think. And uh, that's, that's the first ever South Asian indigenous language Wikipedia. And the community is really thriving. They have, so India has something called Sahitya Academy. That's sort of the board for giving awards to authors that contribute creative literature in a particular language, and Santali is, is included in the Sahitya Academy. So that means that the language is well recognized. There is an education board in the state of West Bengal. That means it's part of the education. The state of Odisha has recently published uh, a trilingual dictionary in Santali and 21 other indigenous languages from this state. And I think there, there's a lot happening in that particular language. Uh, similarly, another language, Ho, is sort of towards in the same direction. They have a Wikipedia incubator. There is uh, a small but thriving community. But there are also several languages that I've worked with, particularly a language called Kusunda, which is spoken in uh, Western Nepal in a place called Dang. And Kusunda is spoken by just two individuals, and one of them is 85-year-old right now. 
So the language is almost extinct, but right now there are efforts to revive the language by providing kids who are either native Kusundas or people from the same uh, locality. And uh, there is some interest to learn the language and keep it active, keep it live. So that was some really interesting information about what exists in the languages you work with. I'm really curious about what's missing for those languages online. As I mentioned earlier, some of the languages don't have any presence online. Sometimes it might not be required for the language. Sometimes the language community can decide if they want to be online or not. But in many cases, it's the lack of understanding or the lack of know-how if they go online and share content online, if that would be beneficial for the community. So it's also a very gray zone. And uh, I would say from the perspectives of several communities that I personally worked with and I know of, there's a lot missing in many languages. First of all, languages that have their own writing systems oftentimes don't have enough resources, enough technical resources to write the language online. Sometimes they don't have a Unicode standard, which is the encoding standard for writing systems, and it's universal. Sometimes that's missing. Sometimes they don't have a good quality font that's Unicode compatible so that they could write content online or publish books and so on. So that's, that's just a technical part, but also people don't have enough education about how to use, even though the technical tools exist, or they don't know where to find those tools, or how to type using their phones. India particularly and South Asia in general has a really emerging and thriving internet penetration right now. The And then when we t- we're talking about the internet penetration arising, I think one thing that's really missing is how people access the internet if they don't have any content that's relevant to their own community, it doesn't really make any sense just to have access to the internet. But that said, a lot of communities are now getting connected to the internet, and that could be really beneficial because they don't have to spend a lot of money to get their content online so that their community that lives elsewhere could still access that. So I think that there is a lot of positive things that could be done and they're missing, particularly content that's relevant to the community and is made by the community. Because a lot of times there's misappropriation. Communities uh, have to access content about themselves, which are made by someone else. And sometimes that kind of content has inherent bias. So that's, that's not really helpful for any community. It's important that communities develop their own content, decide what they want to share online. And I think that's, that's missing big time. And yeah, so technical, educational, and content, these are the three main things that I would say are missing online for many languages. That may tie into the next question, which is, uh, what do you really wish you you could create or share uh, in the languages you work with? And in particular, what is the barrier to that happening today? So I think the first part, what I could do to support these languages I think my first you know, contribution would be to create resources that are educational in nature so that people that are developers or are technically competent could make use of those resources and do something for their own language because they're the best people to do anything for their own language. And a language community has to take lead in reviving languages or making a language thriving on the internet. So I think I could contribute towards the technical educational resource building, training communities, training leaders, mentoring them. And once they are competent or they have enough know-how, then they can take off and and take lead in many activities. Uh, So I just wish that I could do that. But I also, because I have a background in filmmaking, I think I can help communities 
to create the very first sort of media content. So they get an understanding, they get an idea how things are done. So I would, I'd probably love to train enough communities that could then take off with creating their own multimedia content. So in terms of training and awareness, what are the barriers to that? Why, what is standing in the way of that being much more broadly uh, used or applied by you in the, the communities you work in? There are many different factors. One is the socioeconomic factor for many communities, particularly indigenous, and that are particularly not rich in terms of you know uh, the resources that they have. It's difficult for people to prioritize any kind of contribution for their language when their first priority would be to feed their family. So I think that's the biggest factor to me, particularly coming from a developing country like India. And I think that's not the same case everywhere. So many minority languages are not necessarily spoken by communities that are you know, financially unstable. So it's a very uh, different thing for many other communities. For example, in India, there are the Parsi community. The Parsi community is generally financially very stable. They're mostly business people. So they have enough resources financially to support if they want to do anything in their language and culture. It's a different factor. You know, it's a different thing altogether why they don't do that. But yeah, coming back to many other indigenous communities, there are also lack of sort of understanding that what really is required. So for many communities, entertainment media is sort of is sort of a priority. And I don't get that at times. For me, it's important that the language has all kinds of stuff from scientific literature to to literature about anything else and not not particularly only the entertainment media and i i won't disregard that it's you know people's own languages and they have to decide what they want but i personally think that if they start contributing say news media you know if if they create some independent news platform using facebook or twitter or something like that that's cheap and or probably won't cost any money to them that would be very useful because without the lack of that, people generally move to other languages, subscribing content from other languages. And that sort of drive people away from their own language. That's really a big hindrance for people to create anything in their own language. That was a really helpful explanation. For all your efforts with training and community capacity building and awareness raising, how is it working? Is it working? Well, sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it just fails miserably, and there are lessons to be uh, learned, and I've learned a lot of lessons myself. And I think a lot of things did work in terms of, so when I start recording content in different languages, multimedia content particularly, that part really worked well. What didn't work, and that's also partly my mistake, I was expecting the community to make use of the content once I produced that. Sometimes that didn't happen so well. And I said I'd partially blame myself because, you know, once I work on a project and that project is over, I don't have the same amount of time and resources and and also interest to take it forward and train communities. And sometimes all these constraints work against the community to make use of that content. And that probably is the case of many other filmmakers and many other people that work closely with communities. But also the time and resources are very limited. And sometimes it's important that the communities have to really own the content that comes from their own community. 
Since we're here at Decolonizing the Internet's Languages, I want to ask you how you're experiencing this conference and what it's like for you being in a space with so many other folks who are working on similar issues. I think people here are working on really important issues and a wide range of different issues. For me, coming here and even just interacting and listening to so many people are sharing my work that's leading to many opportunities, many collaborations. And those collaborations, as they have worked really well in the past, I'm, I'm sure they're going to work really well this time as well with so many people. And I think that's something that's missing. So I think this conference is sort of a bridge to bring people together and enable them to work together because the community that really is contributing towards development of languages and ensuring that communities make use of their own language on the internet, that's really missing. And it's a really small community out there. So I think uh, bringing so many people together just sort of opens that door for people to work together and also share the issues that they are experiencing in their own work and sometimes that's very important because I might not be knowing about the challenges from a different part of the world and meeting someone just makes it easier. I mean, there's a lot of resources available online, but sometimes we don't really have an aggregation of that to go look at things that we really are looking for. So sometimes this, these kind of conferences help a lot. Thank you so much, Subashish. Really appreciate you sharing with us today. 